Amen. Thank you, Pastor, and thank you, Church, for being here with us tonight on this kind of a limbo service. Um, I did bring my own cup tonight, uh, my, my Thrive Tumbler, because there was some uh, confusion on whose uh, cup was what, Pastor, Steve, back and forth, so I brought my own, so everybody knows that is my cup. Uh, thank you for being here tonight, and then thank you already. I'm just going to go ahead and, and just thank you for bearing with me tonight. Uh, I'm usually over with the teenagers, uh, and so I'm going to try to do two things tonight. I'm going to try to be short and try to be stationary, uh, which are probably neither one's going to happen. And so uh, uh, it may remind you as why I'm the youth pastor. Uh, and I do appreciate some of the teens uh, that came out tonight, even after they texted me and said, Pastor Dan, we have a youth group tonight. I said, no, we'll be all in the main service, and they said, okay, I'll see you after the new year. Uh, and so, but some of them actually came out, so I appreciate you guys coming out uh, and showing the support. Um, it, must, it must have been unbearable uh, at home, and so that's why you came out here. Uh, so, so glad to be here this night. Pa- a few weeks ago, Pastor Steve uh, asked me to be ready to speak tonight um, on, on this service, and, and I'm, I'm so glad I'm speaking tonight. There was a, a chance, a, a, a slim chance, uh, song with Pastor Steve on uh, Christmas Day, and he said, if my voice doesn't get any better, uh, I might need you to speak on Sunday morning. And I said, well, we both don't want that. Uh, they got Wednesday, I'm nervous enough speaking to adults as it is. Let's go to Wednesday night uh, where I'm more comfortable. So thankfully, he pulled through. Uh, sounded a little bit about like a drill sergeant, but he pulled through, was able to speak uh, on Sunday morning, and, and uh, I was able to speak here tonight. Uh, he, he, when he talked to me, immediately the thought came into my mind, something that I've been, I've been thinking about for quite some time, and, and uh, never had the, the, the uh, courage, I guess, to, to go this route. Um, and it's not a difficult passage. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. It's a very simple passage, and we're not going to go deep uh, because it is me that is speaking. And so no worries there. Uh, we're not going to try to extrapolate some kind of uh, hidden truth. We're going to go very surface and very simple and hopefully something that you can take away uh, with you tonight. But Ephesians chapter 5, um, and I, I, I really, uh, over this past year, it's been a year. Uh, it's been month after month of, of different things going on, and, and every year is different. Every year has its own difficulties, its own hardships, and uh, we've walked through a lot. I mean, even just today, uh, this morning, uh, we were at the funeral for Jean Chabert, uh, who passed away just after Christmas, and uh, then went over for a viewing for Bob Seeger's wife, and uh, tomorrow the funeral for Lauren Robinson, and um, there's things that happen. There's things that are, are beyond our control. They're part of God's plan. They're not a part of our plan, and and I think sometimes as Christians, we have a difficult time reacting to them. I know I do. And so maybe tonight you're sitting there and you've got this dialed in, and that's great. But for me, I, I needed to walk through this. I needed to pull this truth out uh, and on how to react and, and how to essentially follow the Father through, uh, through everything that's going on around us. Uh, and so as we open God's Word, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Father, I ask that you be with me tonight, and ask that you use your word to encourage us, to motivate us how we should be following you. Lord, I ask that that the words that are spoken here tonight are not my words, that you just use me, uh, use this vessel, Lord. And if there's anyone here in here tonight that's struggling, that's going through a difficult time, Lord, this would be encouragement to them. As a church family, we'd be able to wrap our arms around them. I do think of uh, Betty Chabert tonight, and Bob Seeger, and those that are walking through this time of loss, and I ask that you just encourage them in a real way. Uh, Lord, have your hand upon us. Lord, help us to uh, be thankful for everything you're all trying to do through us, all you're doing for us. In your son's precious and holy name, I pray. Amen. Be followers of God as dear children. It's, it's a simple statement, but there's a lot that's in it. Uh, just that simple phrase of being followers of God, and a lot of times we, we, we would assume, okay, being a follower of God means I need to go in the direction he's going. I need to follow after him, and you wouldn't be wrong in that, uh, but this word follower uh, has, has such, so much more to it. If you look at that word, the Greek word is mimete, 
uh, which is where we get the word mimic from. Uh, So he's basically saying, Paul is essentially saying, hey, you need to be an imitator of God. You need to imitate him. I love mimicry, uh, especially when it comes to uh, nature. Uh, if you look and you watch, especially uh, in the insect world, you have uh, uh, the, the walking sticks, the bugs that look like a stick. You have moths that uh, their camouflage will be up against a, a, a tree bark and you can't see that they're there. Flies that will uh, mimic a bee to uh, avoid uh, you know, predators and things like that. And, and all throughout animal, the animal kingdom, you see that mimicry, trying to be something else that they're, they're not. A tiger's stripes uh, is meant to imitate the forest pattern so they blend in. And, and a tiger even has it has spots on the top of its head so when it's bending down to drink water it looks like eyes so that nothing attacks it uh, while it's drinking water which I've never attacked a tiger while it's drinking water so it's working it's uh, phenomenally Uh, it's amazing to see that mimicry in nature in the world around us something else that fascinates me is uh, when someone a comedic uh, impersonator, when somebody follows and watches somebody and mimics them to a T, a spot-on impersonation, that captivates me. I, I, I love watching that. Uh, Rich Little was a famous comedic impersonator for years and years, and he, he imitated Jimmy Stewart and Ronald Reagan, and uh, still alive today, still doing impersonations today. Uh, most of the impersonations are, are of dead people, so he's not as popular anymore. Uh, but you've got Fri- uh, Frank Caliendo and Jay Farrow and so many other uh, men and women who will watch somebody, they'll fixate on them, they'll extrapolate all the, the manners, it's not just the voice, the voice is key. Uh, but it's the mannerisms, it's, it's their walk, it's the expressions and, and the different things that, uh, that they do. And they extrapolate that and they basically imitate that individual and they become that person. It's always fascinated me. Uh, so like if you were to, to walk in and, and start talking with some of our pastoral staff, right? Uh, and so if, you, uh, if some of you have gone to the couples retreat, you probably know what's coming, okay? And so uh, if, you, if you see some of our pastoral staff, Mike Thompson's been on here for uh, umpteen years. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Thompson, uh, our worship pastor, a uh, 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 children's pastor, yes, sir. And, and, and uh, Mike Thompson, the way he talks and his raid and everything, uh, yes, sir, no, sir. He, he, uh, he's, he's, he's always uh, got that specific tone, that specific voice. Uh, if you shift gears a little bit, you know, Gibbs St. Gene is laid back and everything's good time is just a magazine and uh when he's ever working a sentence he always pauses before the last word if you watch the video sometimes you'll see it he pauses those little things uh, steve smith another completely different steve always has his top button button because he can okay and uh, says words like uh, adult and display and 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 things like that and we're, we're looking for a new youth pastor he'll say things like that right you know pastors his own we're just gonna not even touch that one so yeah, and, and, yeah, you see over there, the misplaced mocking. The, and so, uh, and so you, you hear our pastoral staff, and, and, and if somebody has a spot-on impersonation of them, uh, if they've watched them, if they've watched the pattern, they, they can pick them up and imitate them without, well, that, that, that's not me. It's a poor, okay, and I'm just pointing out flaws, and, and I'll pay for it later, I'm sure. With the, with the thing is, with an effective and a spot-on impersonation, is that you have to go away. You yourself have to go away and, and the person or thing that you're imitating has, has to take over. Uh, you can't be you and imitate somebody else. You've got to put yourself aside. Uh, Rich Little was actually banned from the Johnny Carson show because his imitation was so spot on, it infuriated Johnny Carson. He banned him from the show. He couldn't handle it because it was so good. Uh, people wanted to hear Rich Little imitate Johnny Carson more than they wanted to hear Johnny Carson be Johnny Carson. And, and so they got, got, got rid of him. 
Uh, I've used, and, and to my own faults and failures, I've used my imitations sometimes to, to get away with things, calling people on the phone or the radio, whatever the case may be, and had all kind of fun with it. But I can't be me when I do that. If I'm trying to imitate somebody else, I have to go away. In the same vein, if we're going to be followers of God, if we're going to be imitators of God, we have to go away. We can't be us. We, we, what we say, how we say it, how we walk, where we go, what we do, it can't be us. It has to be Christ. Christ has to effectively live through us. God has to effectively live through us, and we have to become just like him. So how do we do this? Let's look at the passage. Number one, the first thing that we have to imitate is we have to imitate the little ones. Be followers of God as dear children. Be followers of God as dear children. You know, the idea is that we imitate God just like a kid imitates their dad, right? So uh, as you're growing up, you remember your dad. Everybody wants to be like their dad. Uh, they, they see their dad. When I, I was growing up, my dad was military. He's a West Point grad, uh, flew helicopters. Man, I, I want to be just like my dad and, uh, and be in the Army and all that. And, uh, you know, thanks to my lung and my eyesight, that wasn't a problem. And so, uh, but the older I got, uh, the less I wanted to be like my dad, uh, you know, but, but I still saw things about my dad, and I knew a lot about him. I knew what he liked. I knew what he disliked. I, I can go to, to the house, my house today, and, and I know how my dad's going to react to things because I know my dad really, really well. Uh, I, I've patterned my, some of my things. I pattern after what my dad has instructed me, what he has taught me to do. Just like that, we as Christians, we need to know our father like that. And we need to know what he likes, what he dislikes. We're supposed to follow him like, like little children. And why is that? Because well, he's a good father. Uh, uh, Pastor Steve talked this past Sunday, the Lord is good. Uh, and and, and uh, as we get older, we kind of learn more about our dads, right? And so there's some things that we're like, yeah, maybe I, I don't want to necessarily do that. I, I don't want to become my father because my dad's this or my dad's that. And then you have kids and you hear your dad come out no matter what happens. And so, uh, but you see your dad and you're like, oh, I don't. Uh, but, the, but as we are uh, Christians, as we're growing in Christian maturity, we should become more and more like our father, exact representations of him because he's a good father. You know, in my house, I have a three-year-old. And I have a 13-year-old. Uh, my thir my three-year-old believes dad is good all the time, and all the time uh, dad is good. Uh, my 13-year-old, on the other hand, dad is good uh, when he gives me what I want. <laughs> okay, uh, you notice the Bible says that we should do things like a little child. It never says we should do things like a middle schooler. Okay, <laughs> just automatically. Jesus himself, they stopped writing about Jesus from 8 to 33. They completely skipped the middle school and teenage years. I know he lived in sinless perfection, but there's some things there we needed to know what happened in there. We need to be like a little child because he's good. We need to be like a little child because, you know, there's dear children that are imitating us. They're watching after us. Be followers of God as dear children because our own children are watching us. Because what one generation does in moderation, the next will do in excess. And so if I'm working, if I'm striving to imitate my father, and my children behind me are trying to imitate me, what are they, what are they imitating? Are they imitating me, imitating the father, or are they imitating something else entirely? You know, that's why the Christian walk extends past Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. It, it extends Monday through Friday. It extends to Saturday uh, because there is little ones that are trying to imitate us while we're trying to hopefully imitate the father. You know, we lost my grandmother this past November, 86 years old, 86 years old, and, and during that time of her life, she raised seven children. Uh, of those seven children, one of which was my mom, uh, of those seven children, all of them, all seven of those children are, are actively a part of or serving in a ministry wherever they are. 
What a great testimony. What a great legacy to, to leave behind. Of the seven children, there's 26 grandchildren. I, I was sitting down as I was working through this, and I was writing the names of all of my cousins and, and, and which one of them I know that they're actively serving, actively a part of the church. And there's some that I don't know, but it's, it's about half of the 26 that are, are plugged in and serving in a ministry. And that doesn't mean they don't have a relationship with God, but, uh, but I wonder, of the seven, of the 26, and then of the 26 grandchildren, there's 27 great-grandchildren and more on the way. Now, if only half of the 26 grandchildren have a relationship with God, what does that mean for the 27 grandchildren? There's so many little children following after us. That's why what Pastor Mike does up in the chapel is so vitally important. What we do in Thrive on Wednesday nights is so vitally important because the children need to imitate somebody, need to watch somebody who's imitating our Father. Be followers of God as dear children. So in this effort to follow him, uh, we, we imitate him, we imitate the little ones. Secondly, we're also to imitate love. Imitate love. Verse number two, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We walk in love. Imitating God's love requires action. It's one thing many, many years ago when I first started dating my wife, it was one thing to say I, I, I love her. It's another thing entirely to show that love, to demonstrate that love. It couldn't just stay verbal. It had, it had to put some action behind it, especially when you're a college student and you're broke. Uh, you got to do something. I, uh, there were times uh, the, the college would have big flower arrangements in front of the pulpit, uh, and there were times that uh, be, with my job responsibilities, I was supposed to take those flowers and throw them out uh, the next day after Sunday. I'd go through and prune the good ones out and say, here, uh, I love you. Here's these flowers. Uh, I didn't have money, but the action behind it, she knew where they came from. Those, those look beautiful, just like the ones from the auditorium. Oh, are they just just like the ones. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but I had to put some action behind that. And so to put action behind that, to imitate that love, uh, the first thing we have to do is we have to imitate, imitate the impressive example that we have. Uh, and walk in love as Christ, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given for himself an offering and a sacrifice to God. You know, there's a lot of people uh, in this room and are watching us online that that I love, uh, that, that uh, anything that I can do to help, I, w- I want to go and I want to help, but when it comes down to sacrificing, I, I have four children, I don't know that there's one that I would, I would allow to go and, and choose you over them. I, I don't know that of my four children, I would say, sorry, um, you know, this person is more important to me than you are, I'm going to sacrifice you for them, and I love you and everything, but in that given that situation, I don't know if I have that much love at the same time, I don't know that I would sacrifice my life. You know, I would hope that I would, but given the situation, I've got children, I've got a wife, I've got ministry here. That's exactly what Christ did, who had everything going for him in, in perfection, who left heaven for us because of the love that he had for us. What an impressive example we have. First John talks about this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so love us, we ought also to love one another. If I'm trying to follow the Father... I have to imitate these children, but I have to imitate love. You know, if Christ came to earth to reach me because he loves me, 
then I can go to my community and reach them because I love them. I mean, God came, God sent His Son from heaven for me, for everyone in this room, but as far as I'm concerned, for me. And if He did that, He's willing to do that, to put aside all that, to to make Himself of no reputation, uh, and to come for me, then what can I do for my community? I had a meeting this afternoon with with a family, and they're going through a time of loss, and they needed help. What are we doing for our community? Where am I participating? What am I doing to reach the next one this year? Am I walking in love and and reaching my community in love? Because because if if I'm showing Christ's love, that's when Christ is a part of me. If, If Christ came to earth to reach me because he loves me, I can go to my community. If Christ can forgive me because he loves me, then I can forgive others because I love them. Probably one of the most disturbing trends I see in our, our teenagers is a lack of forgiveness. By the way, with, with teens and with kids, a lot of times the, the things we see are imitated behaviors because they learn somewhere for somebody that it's okay to not forgive. Because they heard another Christian say, do you understand, I, I cannot forgive them for what they did. If Christ can forgive me, knowing who I am, I, I can forgive others. If Christ can die for me, I'm the one that nailed him to the tree. I'm the one that beat him to a pulp. I'm the one that, that, that caused him to be unrecognizable. I'm the, I'm the one that put him through such torture, through such pain, and through agony. And he looked at me and said, Father, forgive him, for he knows not what he does. If Christ can forgive me for what I did to him, if he can forgive me of my sins, knowing that not only would I have committed sins and ask for, and then commit sins again, and he can keep on forgiving me, and his mercies are new every morning, if Christ can be that in my life, then I can be forgiveness in someone else's life. There's not a person that I can't forgive. I love seeing those stories when, when someone, especially in a courtroom scenario, when, when someone is uh, approached by the family and there's been a, a loss or there's been uh, some kind of a crime and that, that family re- wraps their arms around the accused and says, I love you and I forgive you. That's an amazing thing. And that's, that's huge. But sometimes we get hung up over a lot, lot more pettier things than that. Oh, they did this and, then, and I won't speak to them again. They're not, I'm not forgiving them. Are they a brother and sister in Christ? You're, you're going to cut them off from fellowship because I, I hope it's nothing so big that Christ couldn't have forgiven you for it. If Christ can forgive me, then I can forgive others. If Christ could die for me because he loves me, then I can live for others because I love them. There's always a need in this church family. There's always a need. Sad thing today going around to visit families going through a time of loss and funerals and things like that but one of the most encouraging things is when I walk into the room and my family's there and there's so many church members there loving on that person that's walking through a loss isn't that wonderful because these people uh, we're living for other people we're uh, living for those that are, are in need that are going through a difficult time we're spending less time looking on our own needs but instead looking on the needs of others. What a wonderful thing to see when we have 100,000 meals coming, going out into our community. What a wonderful thing to see uh, when the, the baskets are overflowing with donations. What a wonderful thing to see uh, with kids walking out from BYC with their arms full of toys because we're living for others. If Christ can live for me, could die for me, then I could live for others. As we follow the Father, we need to imitate these little ones. We need to uh, imitate love. Uh, also, I would say we need to imitate the light. Imitate light. Verse, uh, verse number 8 in Ephesians chapter 5, 
For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Do you notice that at times we're surrounded by darkness? Uh, if, you, if you go to any, any uh, news outlet or, or sometimes social media and other things, there's, there's all kind of darkness that's around us. There's all kind of things going on that we should be concerned about that are trying to impact our children, that are trying to impact our families, that are trying to impact our marriages, and it's, it's darkness, and we're to be light in this world. We're to be salt and light in this world. That's what we're called uh, to be. To imitate light, we have to walk in the light, to walk in, in righteousness. This is where the rubber meets the road. Our walk talks, and our talk talks, but our walk talks louder than our talk talks. We are being, people are watching and looking and hoping for the light. People are looking everywhere to see truth, to see righteousness, to see things that give them hope, things that give them encouragement, and sometimes that might need to come from us. We, we have to walk in the light. Verse uh, uh, number three, we imitate that impeccable walk that we see. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse three, fornication and sexual immorality, all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, uh, which are not convenient, but rather giving uh, of thanks. Uh, you know, the light, the light displays every, every blemish. I mean, every imperfection we have going on in our life, if we spend time in God's Word, if we spend time walking light, we're going to notice, you know, there's some things I, I, I need to fix. There's some things I need to take care of. Uh, when we get up in the morning, we look at the mirror, we immediately see there's many things I need to take and, and, and fix and, 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 and be right. Why? Because I want to be not a distraction to those around me, but an encouragement uh, to those around me. Uh, this time last year, if you walked into my, my wood shop in, in behind my house, uh, you'd find one light in the middle of the room. Uh, this one light that I picked up and screwed into the regular incandescent fixture and LED light, and it was great. And everything I made in my shop looked awesome. And then, <laughs> you laugh because you know, and then as soon as I would take it out and, and, and bring it into a well-lit area, I'd start looking at it and going, oh my, <laughs> wow, what a, what a wonderful thing that uh, my son made. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful thing, uh, and things weren't uh, uh, matching up right, and there's glue running down, and, uh, and the stuff's not sanded, and the stain didn't go all the way, and the polyurethane's not right. Uh, and now if you go into my shop now, there's, there's uh, four different LED uh, lights all the way through, and, and there's another one over the door, and there's still the one in the center, and I have uh, uh, Ted Wilson's old uh, shop light uh, that, that sits right over my shop, so I can throw so much light on what I'm working on, throw so much light so I can see every imperfection, every flaw, every blemish, and then when I bring it out and I set it in front of people, it's ready to be seen. It, it, it is without spot, without blemish. It's, it's ready to go for the most part. It's still me that's making it, okay? Uh, but as I'm walking in light, there's things, sometimes we, we hinder the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we hinder God's work. Sometimes we throw off our imitation of God because we've got something going on in our life that we're not throwing enough light on. Uh, then we're not saying, you know, I need to take care of that thing because uh, I need to be used by God. Uh, there's, a, there's a problem in my life uh, that, that I need to take care of. First John reminds us to love not the world, neither things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God uh, abideth forever. We're, we're not called to a normal life. We're called to holiness. 
That we're called to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our, our reasonable service, our, our, our C-plus average service. That's not some extraordinary, wow, he's holy and presentable without any... No, that's what we're all called to do. That's the, that's the baseline, the foundation to present holiness. Why? Because this world is looking for light, and that light needs to be able to shine through us. I know personally there's a lot of things out there that are trying to mess up my imitation of God. And the Bible doesn't tell us just to watch out for things. It tells us to flee these things, uh, to find them, to purge them, that they need to be dead to you to move on. We also see the need to imitate the imperative commitment we hear. Uh, Look at verse 5. For this you know that no whoremonger, uh, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no man deceive you with vain or empty words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. You know, we serve what we worship which we probably don't have an, an idol per se in our home, but uh, there's still plenty that we, we worship, that we fall prey to, that have nothing to do with our walk with God. Uh, and that's why he says that uh, this person that's living in immorality, this, this idolater, uh, this person is going to uh, throw off their walk, they're going to throw off their imitation because of what's going on in their life. I've imitated people before, and I'll hear them say, you know, I don't sound anything like that. That's, that's, that's not at all what I do. Uh, you're way off. It's usually denial, and that's fine. Uh, you know, they, they, you feel good about yourself. Go on ahead. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're way off in my imitation. You're, you're so far, especially family members. If I'll imitate someone, they'll say, oh, no, Dad, or this person doesn't sound like Dad. You're, you, you've really messed that up, but I, and that's fine. But I wonder if there's times where God looks at us and says, you know, I, I don't sound anything like that. Uh, that's, that's not me at all. You, you are way off in your imitation of me. And that's why Paul encourages us that these things, this, this covetousness, that living in immorality, these things, we can't have this a part of our life and a part of our walk with God. Don't believe for a second that you can somehow live in sin, worship sin, and maintain an imitation of God. It, it, time and time again, the children of God uh, that, are, that are trying to live a double life just all falls apart. It can't be maintained. So we're not only to imitate this impeccable walk, this commitment, but also the illuminated children we see. Uh, remember whose family you're a part of. Verse, verse 7, Be not therefore partakers with them, for you were sometimes darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Second Corinthians says, Therefore, if many men be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Darkness and the old man are what's behind us. That's not an imitation we have to upkeep anymore. You know what's amazing to me is that if we want to live in that, we have to go to it. And this is something I try to tell the teenagers, is that sin doesn't have power over you. If you're a new person in Christ, if you're a child of God, it's behind you. It's dead to you. It doesn't have power anymore to you. You have to go wallow in it to be a part of it. You have to find it, to seek it out, to step into it, to grab a hold of it. It doesn't come and attack you. It doesn't have power, and you just you can't avoid it. You, can't, you have to see it. You are drawn away uh, with your own lust and enticed and go after it. Those things are an old part of you, and anyone... Uh, who's a child of God, doesn't belong to that family anymore. We are adopted as a part of the family of God. Uh, This is our Father. This is who we're imitating. Uh, We're not trying to imitate the things that are going on maybe in the world around us. We're trying to imitate righteousness uh, and holiness and and perfection uh, in this walk that we see before us. You know, a lot of times it comes down to remembering what makes your Father proud. Uh, Verse 10 there in Ephesians chapter 5, proving 
what is acceptable unto the Lord. He goes on to say, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame to even speak of those things which are done in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and, and Christ shall give thee light. You know, we have to prove what is acceptable to God. Uh, years and, and years ago, I got in trouble in school. Just one time. Just one time. I got in trouble in school that I remember, that I recall. When I got home, I had to wait for dad to get home. All oh, the good old days. Wait till your father gets here. You know, that's panic in my children's eyes because we live just right there. And so there's no wait. You know, it's just boom, instant. Uh, and, and so I would have to wait for my dad to get home. And my dad was the traditional nine to five and then the half hour commute. And so it was usually dinner time by the time dad got home, and uh, which was not good and bad. The long, prolonged, you know, waiting there in purgatory for the judgment. And it was just a, it was a bad setup. And, and you agonized over what was going to happen, and, uh, and what I did wasn't that, that big of a deal, um, but you never knew, you know, given what was going on with Dad, you never knew how he was going to react. You never knew what was going to, you know, how upset he was. Was traffic bad? Uh, what was going on here? Thank the Lord there were no cell phones then, right? Uh, because now, you know, I have the full script when I walk in the house. There's no, all right, now what did he do? Sarah's already just, you know, and just, and let me know. Actually, it's just one thumb. I don't know how she does it, but she's let me know the whole thing. Uh, he did this, and he said this, and this, what happened here? And I've got the whole, uh, you know, especially if it happens in school now, a lot of the teachers let me know before I even, you know, hey, your son was in this, and he was doing this. Oh, great. And so I have both sides of the story. It's wonderful. Back then, there was no communication, so dad would have to walk in. He would hear what's going on. Okay, what, and depending on how frustrated he was, or depending how frustrated mom was, you know, uh, and, and, and we learned early on that we could treat our mother any way we wanted to, but we dare not treat dad's wife any way other than, yes. Uh, and, so, and, and so when dad would come home, and I had gotten in trouble, and I remember he sat down with me, and I remember this, this one thing I remember. Uh, I see, he sat down with me, and he said, remember, no matter what you do, it reflects on me. You are Tim Grant's son. And see, some of you in here didn't even know my dad's name was Tim. I, I know that. I was never allowed to say it, but I know that. My dad's name is Tim. And everything I do reflects on Tim Grant. And so as I finished grade school and, and middle school and high school, everything I did reflected on Tim Grant. And so I needed to conduct myself accordingly. Everything I did reflected on my dad. And I knew what my dad approved of and what my dad disapproved of disapproved of a lot. <laughs> I knew I knew he'd approved of. When I went to college, suddenly Tim Grant's name didn't matter as much. Nobody knew Tim Grant. I, I, I wasn't running into people. I'm going to tell your dad. I, I was on my own. When I graduated college and came here, my dad's only been up here a handful of times. Nobody knows Tim Grant. So what I do, reflecting on my father, really wasn't that much of a deal. However, what I do reflects on my father. And I know I know what my father approves and what he disapproves of. And everything is made manifest. Everything is known. If it's darkness, it's going to be known. Uh, if it's light, it's going to be made known. Uh, and so what he says, look, uh, there are some things that, that, that are going on in your life that I don't approve of. If you want to follow God, if you want to follow the Father, you need to follow, you need to remember what makes your father proud. The last thing I would say, we need to imitate the little ones. We need to imitate love and then we need to imitate the light. We also, lastly, need to imitate logic. Imitate logic. To, to imitate logic, to imitate wisdom, 
You have to seek his wisdom. That's the first thing that you go after. Uh, Look at verse 15, a very classic verse. A lot of you know this verse. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I, I heard this so much growing up. Pay attention. Pay attention. My dad was big. Pay attention. Pay attention. And God himself, our father, says, hey, pay attention. Walk circumspectly. Pay attention. There's some things that are coming after you. There's darkness that's trying to come after you. There's evil that is trying to destroy your family. There's evil that is trying to take away your children. There's evil that is trying to undermine uh, the very bedrock of our church. And so walk circumspectly. Uh, Be paying attention, not as fools, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The more time you spend with God, the more you learn about Him. Uh, The more that you learn from Him and time is running out. We can't put off our relationship with God until it's convenient. It has to be the only thing uh, that we're focused on. And I love the fact that James tells us if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God uh, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, he shall be given to him. This is the father that wants us to come to and say, Father, I don't understand. Uh, Please show me. Please give me me the wisdom that I seek. And and there's no sarcasm. There's no, I, I can't believe you didn't know this. He wants his children to look at him and say, explain this to me. Uh, there's a lot of things that, there, you know, through this year, through, through my life, God, I don't understand. Can you please show me? And God has used so much. God has used so much to show his word, so people in my life to show me it's okay. I've got this figured out. It's okay. It's going to be fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I love uh, talking with, with those members of the greatest generation that they saw, they've seen so much. Uh, they've seen so much, and they have such great faith, uh, and, and so much things that they've walked through. Uh, but if I've learned one thing from them, is that time's running out. Uh, to, to see uh, more and more of them passing away, time is running out. My grandfather was a part of that generation, and he was convinced he would see the Lord's return uh, in his time. Uh, but time is running out. We seek his wisdom. We also seek his will. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding of what the will of the Lord is. You know, I, I, I do believe that the, the more time you spend with God and His Word around His people, the less that you have to wonder about His will for your life. I, I think we complicate God's will sometimes. We make it this big, nebulous thing that is just, it's, just, it, it, it's daily living. It's daily living. My, my own dad really put it to me this once. Uh, if I'm trying to figure out God's will for my life, I need to love God. I need to love others and then do what I want. And if I've done those first two right, if I love God the way I, the way I should, and this is part of the greatest commandment, uh, that we uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so if I love God, there's things that I'm going to do. There's things that I'm not going to do. If I love others, there's things I'm going to do, and there's things I'm not going to do. Uh, and it's, it's as simple and as, and as non-complicated as that. Whatever action or decision or, or reaction or whatever the case may be, does this love God? Does this love others? Does this even love myself? Am I putting myself in a bad situation and, and, and finding, seeking His will for my life? I also believe that the less time you, you try uh, spending uh, imposing your will on God's will, the much better off you are. Uh, James chapter 4, go to now, those that will say today or tomorrow, we'll go into such a city and buy and sell and, and get game. But where you ought to say, if the Lord will, we will do this or that. We, we put a lot of plans uh, and a lot of things ahead of God. 
when those should be, you know, if the Lord will, we would, we would like to do this. If the Lord will, that's why people will ask me. They'll say, when are you going to go do this? When are you going to go uh, take your own church? When are you going to go do this? As soon as God tells me to do it. Actually, before that, as soon as pastor tells me to do it. I, I have no aspiration. Whatever God, I'm convinced that what I need to do to accomplish God's will is what I need to do right now. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And so I'm not worried about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself. Uh, God's will is going to take care of itself tomorrow. I need to do what God's will is for me right now. Because the imitation of God is a real-time decision. It's not something that I'm going to do later on. It's something I have to do right now. Uh, right now as I'm speaking to you. Right now as I go home to my family. Right now as I'm driving through traffic. That imitation of God is supposed to be a live, real-time decision. There's a lot of steps in an effective imitation of God. It's a good thing that it should be our primary focus in life. Otherwise, we might come off as a really bad imitation. And I've seen some amazing impersonations in my life, but the most impressive imitations I see are the people who respond to this world, to this life around us, and the people in it just like the Father would. I've seen so many people in situations where I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to see fireworks. We're going to see explosion. Oh, we're going to see this revenge. We're going to see this and you see the Father come out of them. And I would sit there and think, well, that's the last thing I would do. But shame on me, because that should be the first thing I should do. And so to imitate God, to follow the Father, we imitate like children. Imitate His love for all of us. Imitate the light that He brings to our life, and imitate the logic, the wisdom He's given us access to. Let's pray this evening. Father, we do love You. And Lord, I thank You for this church, and for our pastor, for the staff. And Lord, I thank You for the people that have become like family. Lord, I ask that you be with us as we imitate you, as we seek to pursue you and follow you. Lord, that we would get ourselves out of the way, that we would love on those around us, that we would bring light to the darkness, that we would use wisdom in our decisions and, and everything that we're trying to do for you, that you would be able to live through us, that we'd be an effective imitation of you, a holy and acceptable imitation of you. In your son's precious and holy name, I pray. Amen.